So like, I'm not going to be out in the people. You're not going to be like shaking hands and kissing babies. Not, and nobody yeah. needs to see me anyways, but like, it's, it's a, it'll be all I can take to do the things I'm doing. Right. George, cancel that ticker tape parade. We're going to have for Oh gosh. Him. Damn it. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Let me call the sign maker and the guy who does my bunting. <laughs> <laughs> Let me call the long t-shirt guy. <laughs> Gosh, we had, I had like four or five pictures. Damon and I were going to argue over what was going to go in the long T-shirt. <laughs> like take a bunch of pictures because I love that. Yeah, right. yeah. A bunch of people touching me and touching me up and fucking moving things and yeah. straightening my collar. It's, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually going to get the guy from Palm Springs to come in and put a tie <laughs> on you from behind. Whoopsie. Here we are back again with ear and loathing, but I, you know, I'm a little bit concerned here, guys. There seems to be some sort of, I don't know, emergency going on in my neighborhood. Hold on. Somewhere between the North Star and a storage closet in Santa Monica. We need water to hose these Gitmos down. <laughs> and bring some ice for Colonel Clink. <laughs> oh, someone get Kelly Brackett. <laughs> there are only so many 51 things you can do, and that was the one that came to mind. It's oh, good, good stuff. Yeah. Good. Station 51 here in Los Angeles put out many a fire. In my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, but you put out flames with comedy. <laughs> they did. Yeah, Chet, the comedy relief. Remember Chet, the fireman? He was like Chet. He was the funny one. Oh, oh the one with the mustache? <laughs> yeah, the mustache and the kind of afro, right. the kind of tight white guy afro Chet. He was sort of the- you know. Possibly related to Ron Jeremy. Yeah, very similar. Always busting balls with Randy Mantooth. Uh, who was that? Uh, not Roy DeSoto. He was- um, Johnny Gage. Johnny Gage. Yeah. Firefighter Johnny Gage. <laughs> That's a yeah. fucking awesome name, dude. Um, do you guys do know that the 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 uh the, you know the uh, fire department you know on the lot at Universal still is fifty one and drives around with the fifty one on the truck? I'd burn that studio down if it wasn't. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. Still, it's still it's <laughs> love it. Ah, sweet irony. Yeah. All right. So this is, I guess, if it's not clear at this point, this is episode fifty one of Ear and Loathing. We are the Gitmo Bros, and we are still the number, number one, one rockers now. forever. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, I need to say hello to the ever so foxy media darling of Ear and Loathing. Why don't you say hello? Hi, I'm George White, and I have a, I have a big announcement. Uh, What's that? Yeah. Well. This is the final farewell broadcast from the storage closet. I'm moving offices, and this will no longer be the home of Ear and Loathing West Coast, uh, or West Side West Coast. So Holy Moses. This is the and, – and by the way, just before you say it, I've already contacted the city of Santa Monica about a historical – you know, uh, a marker, yeah, marker, like maybe like, you know, you can't ever tear this down. You're like Abbey Road or Betsy Ross's house or <laughs> yeah. you know that kind of thing. Like history happened in here. So, 
you know, and I'm working through it. It's a long process. We're gathering signatures, celebrities, you know, people from around the neighborhood. We're, I'm working on it. But <laughs> right. Well, look yeah. at the red tape, you know, fuck these government people. You know. Exactly. But, you know, I, I think we'll get through it. And, uh, but this is the last one. And uh, we'll have to, we'll have to, I have to find another. I don't, the new office does not have a storage closet. So oh, I'm going to have to do some experimentation <laughs> around the different, it's a smaller space though. So. <laughs> You know. Oh my God! You need to make a video of you just walking around going, "Hello, hello, hello," <laughs> with Damon Doing on like the phone, echo, yelling. Yeah, echo no, chest. not that. No, that. Yes, <laughs> put a pillow now. Put a pillow. <laughs> Every test will end with me going, "George, you can't hear that." You can't. You can't. <laughs> sounds fine. No, to me. it sounds fine. No, it's not here. It doesn't. <laughs> He's in the Grand Canyon. Hello. <laughs> uh. All right. Well, I I expect great things from the new place. I also expect a ribbon cutting ceremony and maybe smashing a bottle of champagne on your new desk. I probably should. I probably should. But I'm going to miss this place. It's it's all sort of sad now because all the you know there's only a few Xerox boxes. It's all cleaned up now. It's just sort of sort of sad. So yeah, it's, anyway, it's, it's a little more echoey in there because all your yeah all the, <laughs> right. all the stuff is gone. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> oh my god! All the mops and everything. <laughs> Moppy, Moppy, Moppy. There's only two. There's only two lonely Xerox boxes. <laughs> there was like ten. It's like two now. It's terrible. <laughs> All right. Well, when you have two Gitmo Bros, that means there's another one on the way. And this one happens to be calling from the North Star. He's my North Star. He is George's North Star, and he's also Moppy's North Star. Why don't you say hello? <laughs> Baringa! The State Department now acknowledges that the only real UFOs are three unusually foxy orators. That's right! The Gitmo Bros are now guests of the government at the sun and fun capital of the world, Area 51! (laughs) (laughs) Getting a couple 51s in there. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Getting ready to know... uh... Get to have drinks with Gleep Glorp, the guy they keep over there that they, right. uh, crash landed in '48. <laughs> Georgie, what was the one that, that where they'd always use? I love that. I was l- giggling about that phrase the other day. The sun and fun, capital of the world. It would always be on like oh, um, like Battle the, of the Network Stars or something, like Jupiter, Florida, or something. Something like the one I the one I remember. It wasn't. It's not the right one. But the one I remember is there's a sign outside of Bakersfield that says "Fun Sun Play Stay Bakersfield." <laughs> it certainly wasn't Bakersfield because it was on TV. Somebody was talking right. about it. Right, but it was the sun and fun capital of the world. It feels like Orlando, or you're yeah. right, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> it reminds me of those of those ads you would see for. Um, Sun City in South Africa, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> where like you would, you would, you would, they would show you like split screen of like a the ad where there, there's all these you know festive white people like hanging out by a pool and stuff, mm-hmm. and then and then the other side is all the apartheid riots and stuff going on, <laughs> and it would always right. be like, "Come to Sun City," you know. Ah 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 ah! Ain't gonna play Sun City. Yeah. <laughs> Stabbing our brothers and sisters in a bay, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, today we know who's in the torture chamber. That's me. Your pal Damon is going to be tortured by the lads. And Mm. uh, I guess that means that I have to uh, come up with something from Kibbit's Corner. I think between now and after Clem ushers us in, I I should come up with something. You have plenty of time. You have plenty of time. Clem, Clem's probably pretty talkative today. You know, lately he's been really, you know, opening up to us emotionally and kind of sharing his feelings, you know, and I'm, I'm glad we have that relationship now. So Clem, 
Why don't you just like stretch this out a little bit so I can come up with something, please? Hi there. Welcome to Kibitz Corner. You never know what you're going to get. Hmm. With Clem Clemson. Sometimes you do, though. Yeah, just <laughs> always think you're going to get more, but you just... <laughs> it's the same ring in the bottom of the Cracker Jack box. It's the same... It's never any different. Just, you know when the red lights are off, the guy fucking will not shut up. Both. Yeah, he just, he, he's got an electric personality <laughs> when the red light is off. Real contrarian. And he turns on and he becomes fucking, you know, Merv Griffin listening to a story. <laughs> Ooh, tell oh, us more. Funny lady. Funny lady. That was my favorite. When somebody was saying, funny lady. have you seen the new Lily Tom movie? Oh, yes, yes. Funny lady. <laughs> <laughs> sort of under his breath. <laughs> right. Funny lady. So, yeah, here we are in Kibbit's Corner. And you know what? I am just going to be lazy today. We are still celebrating, you know, 50 golden years of the Gitmo Bros. Wop, yeah. wop, wop. And I don't know about you guys, but on the last episode, I had a fun time quizzing you guys on their, the little nuggets about each episode. Oh, as you right. Recall. That was fun. Yes. Yeah. You promised more. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought I would just cover my entire kibitz with, with about 20 of them this time instead of 10, and then we'll, I'll hit the rest of them later. Do it! So um, let us start going through these here. What's funny is that there's a couple on here that you guys are going to need to help me with, because I was looking at the reference, and I went, I don't know if I even remember that. And then I went into the episode, and our goddamn episodes are like two hours each. I'm trying to find this one this one reference. I couldn't find it. <laughs> the episode was so vast. <laughs> and so I have an idea what, what it's about, but not the specific context. Maybe you guys will remember and help me out, but that's only on a couple. I think I know the So context. when you have these references, did you just like in the heat of the moment write a reference down at some point and then forget what it applied to? Is that what happened? Like how What's did you forget process, man? what yeah. it went to? Well, I didn't know – you know, a year ago that I was going to be using these little nuggets for anything. Right. So why, right. why would I save the context though? Oh, so, but so you wrote them down at the moment. Is, is what I you're wrote, saying. Yeah. In the moment I just I flipped through the episode and found four, usually it's four mm-hmm. per, per episode. And then I just drop them in and off we go. And I don't have to think about it anymore, but now I do have to think about it and it makes my head hurt. <laughs> <laughs> this whole thing was your idea. This whole thing. I think you guys are going to be able to, between the three of our great brains, we'll be able to get through this. Into it. Okay, so let's go to with the first one. What do you say? Yeah. Are you going to put the music back on? Oh, well, I can... Yeah, Aaron's I, I, so excited. Where's the music? I can't do it without music. the music. I don't... Look, it's in post, Aaron. No, I need okay. it now. Fine. <laughs> Cut this out and just... I just wanted to know if you were going to put it back on. That's okay, all. I'll, I'll play a little chunk just to make you happy. And then nice. I'm going to take it out and I'll, I'll restore it for the, for the edit. <laughs> okay. And so here we are scurrying down Gitmo memory lame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there we go. Is anyone making the crank sign with their hand? I am. I'm doing like I'm cranking a box, like a <laughs> whatever, a squeeze box, whatever you call that thing, or a grinder. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so here we go. Hashtag remove the Jordanaires. That was Good Time Charlie's Got the Blues. You were talking about other songs about getting the Jordanaires out of there, removing them. Because they're racist or something, or what was you the just problem? They're lame, I think. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they're just, they just ruined, you know, a good 50% of the Elvis songs that I heard them on. And I was saying, I think in Good Time Charlie, there's no backup singers. Right. 
And I was like, thank Christ that there's no Jordanaires in here, you know, <laughs> crackering this thing up. <laughs> yeah, dude. They're fucking, like, a, a, somebody has just put a knife swath worth of uh, Hellman's onto a saltine's cracker. <laughs> there's, there's a point in Hound Dog where... They go into the solo, and it's like it's oh no, and Scotty Moore, who's one of the like innovators, pioneers of of like rockabilly guitar and stuff. And I think he's taking a solo, but all you hear is these four kind of soulless white guys, super close to the mic. I think closer than Elvis even was singing his lead, going oh. oh, oh. I like that you're so close to Mike; it's cutting out. <laughs> Zoom's pissed at me now. Zoom is removing the Jordanaires for us. I was going to say, there's yeah. a, there's an anti-Jordanaires thing you don't know about. It's in the algorithm. It just takes it out. It just, <laughs> it won't have it. <laughs> all right. So that's, uh, yeah, that's going all the way back to episode seven. Okay. Next one. What was the Kiefer Sutherland of episodes? 24. You dog. You're not supposed to announce it until the other guy gets a chance. Oh, sorry. I was not even close to that. <laughs> we were talking about him uh, it makes sense, fist fighting but... a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> right when he's appearing all the time, he'd be drunk and always like at some bar in Burbank or something. And right, yeah, right. When he's in trouble, pulling That's his pants living. down, and you know, right. And, yeah, right. Yeah, it was episode twenty-four. Obviously, I thought that was uh, that could either have stumped you like it did George, or you could hop right on it like Eager Beaver Brit. <laughs> okay. <Eager Beaver>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, here's a quote. What could make this worse? A fiddle. <laughs> if you, do you know it, Aaron? And you're being polite and not announcing it. Uh, I it, It's ringing a bell, but I can't put it next to the actual fact. Yeah, um, I can almost... <laughs> it was a great George quote. And it was from the... Christmas episode where Damon was playing the Bing Crosby country dinner Christmas thing. And so it was bad enough with these, like, kind of speaking of soulless white singers, you know, mother, mother, da 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 da. Make a turkey. And then then he, then someone goes, pick up the fiddle, Bobby, and play it right or something, right? Yeah. So so that was George's quote. What could make this worse? A fiddle. That was a terrible fucking song. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next one here. This one feels easy, but you never know. Stroking it to trucks. Oh, that was Convoy. God, I'm talking Aaron, about how. Aaron, oh. you cannot <laughs> date yourself. I was going to say that. I was going to say. Okay. That has to are we doing like back and forth? I thought we were saying like both George and I are, are sitting on a bench looking at you saying, I remember and, and just saying things. Well, I, it was, I remember, we but then you give the other guy the opportunity uh-huh. to say it too. So or let him at least think about it for a minute. <laughs> okay. I'm it going to be slower than you. Okay. That's just. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What, what was the context of, of Aaron saying stroking it to trucks? I remember. I okay. Don't. I don't. Go ahead, Aaron. It, it was. Uh, by the way, half the time you're wrong when you say you remember anyway. So. <laughs> there was um, saying that because uh, at the time everyone fucking loved every, every uh, smoking the bandit and all those shows had trucks and stuff in it. And so America was stroking it to trucks. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Perfect. Yes. That, that is correct. <laughs> I know things. I'm smart. <laughs> Not dumb. Like they say. Stupid. <laughs> no stuff. <laughs> All right, this one is is very easy, but it's such a great line. 
Peter Tork's Eternal Party Sadness. <laughs> okay, that that's from the the thing when he's he's uh, smoking a joint or fighting with um with David Crosby at a party, right? Is that right. what that is? It is, but then right. why would he be sad? I'm Aaron. Aaron, go ahead. <laughs> Isn't he dead? Is he in heaven? The eternal sadness, eternally sad because he was no. dead. No, I think that he he was always the guy that they were sending out to the store oh, right. to pick up snacks and stuff. And Crosby oh. was always just talking in his ear and, and never giving him any of the joint. Like Crosby right. would just hold the joint right. and let it burn right. down. That was it. Okay, yeah, yeah. He was like <laughs> a was kind really of a funny a sub like a, a third tier rock star at these at these <laughs> Laurel Canyon parties. Right. I'm he pretty was sure that was the context. Invited. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That was one of our first notions where I was thinking that this would be the funniest thing in the world if somebody did shitty animation to it. Right. All of our, all of our, stu- anytime we go into the studio and do the voices there, I love it. And somebody should do that. And then that was the first one, I think, though, where I was like, oh my God, I need to see this where it's those two at a party <laughs> with a candle in front of him. <laughs> oh, it was because the lyrics of the song sound like something he's just t- saying a boring conversation he's having in Peter Tork's ear. Right. Almost right. cut my hair. Yeah. He's telling him the story about how he almost cut his hair. Right. Well, wow, almost, almost, huh? <laughs> Glad I was here for that story. Decided against it. Okay, so some of these are pretty easy, actually, but they're just so they're funny to me, so I'm, I, I included them. Okay. Rockstar Stolen Valor. Now, we've used that a couple times, but where did it originate? I have no idea. I don't remember. Oh, I thought this one was easy. Mm-mm. Well, I'll give you a hint. In the term Rockstar Stolen Valor, the name of the song is in it. Rockstar Stolen Valor. Oh, Hey Now I'm a Rockstar? Yeah, exactly. Okay, right. It has to be that. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, I think the conversation stemmed from Aaron saying that, like, he hates that sales teams give out their Rockstar Award for, you know, the best oh. f- first quarter of, of uh, 2022 Rockstar Award goes to Janice, you know. Right. right, you yeah. killed it in sales, and and then they did yeah. that commercial in the Super Bowl with Paul Stanley and Ozzy. They did that exact bit. Yeah, like weeks later. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, did they? They stole. Yeah. Our... It's That's... the exact thing. It's the exact thing. They're in a boardroom and they're going, "Hey, you're a real rock star." And then Paul Stanley like opens up the door and goes, "Hey, come on." <laughs> <laughs> but did they use our term for it, which was rock star stolen valor? They now did not. That is no. completely unique with the Gitmo it, Bros. Thank you. Of course, of course, it is. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's one. I can tell you the episode. I have no fucking clue what we were talking about. I know we told this story. It's a Mona story, and Aaron will recognize it right away. I wish I could remember the context of why we told it in this particular episode. Here's the quote Oh, yeah, go fuck yourself, Donnie Osmond. <laughs> uh, I, rem- I remember. <laughs> but it was the Yoko Warrant Cherry Pie Pretenders English Roses episode i have no fucking idea why we brought up the donny osmond story if george remembers uh my sister who we were in a band with kind of wormed her way into the k-rock studios when donny was being right. interviewed by poor man yes. i think yep love line i remember this now yeah yeah and he and and donny was a and she was a huge fan from when she was a little kid of, of the osmonds yeah. and he was a total dick to her yeah and so and and I was, t- you know, reminding everyone to tell Donny Osmond to go fuck off. But I don't remember why that story came up in what context in that episode. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't I, boy, that's a good episode, though. So the episode was Cherry Pie, uh, Kiss, 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 and and English Roses. Yeah. Wow, it's a good episode. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I lost. I think I lost that. I couldn't believe I lost. Yeah, you were, kiss, you kiss, were pretty kiss. confident. Uh, I was. 
And you had every reason to be, George. It yeah. just was it was just up against it was up against Damon with with that particular yeah. other song. Yeah. It was yeah, any other yeah. day you win that game. Any other day. Yeah, probably. That was a that's a good and that's one of the best. I think that ended up being the best best sorbet or near the top of the last two in our in our uh sorbet in our brockets. In our yeah. brockets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Right. Wow. Yeah. Um okay, so here's the next quote. Taking a chance on a crybaby. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I do not. I do not remember it. It, it was. It's <laughs> <laughs> <was> Dan Hill <laughs> t- talking to his lady. Hey, take a chance on a crybaby. <laughs> uh, is that the thing with the hockey player story too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, right. That same same thing where he's just crying all the time. She's like, God, you're so emotional. It's like, <laughs> Take a chance on a cry, baby. Looking at the shirt right now of his stupid face. <laughs> right, well, because she was banging the the Argonauts guy, yeah. <laughs> and also the, the local weatherman, and 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 he's like, "How do I uh, uh, compete with those two guys? I don't know. Take a chance on a crybaby, maybe." <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I like this one a lot. Here's the quote: "Setting your sister's scummy new boyfriend Carl on fire." I don't remember that. <laughs> Do you remember? You said you remember it, Aaron? I don't. No. Oh, okay. I don't either. I don't. Vague bell, I'm thinking, but I can't get it. We extracted this scenario out of my Thanksgiving brackets. Mm-hmm. And it was about, you know, I forget. I think it was about like the, the people you have to see, the relatives you have to see at your Thanksgiving, you know, annual get together with the family. And one of them is your sister's scummy new boyfriend, Carl. Right. And and then somehow that got blended into the, the guy who has to cook turduckins and stuff. The guy who's barbecuing something out in the snow. Oh, right. <laughs> Set the house on fire. Oh, this making some asshole thing. Yeah, right. And somehow yeah. we got to the point where Carl, the new boyfriend, was set on fire by the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like he had it coming. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I just like the fact that we conflated those two concepts into that one thing. Okay. So this is an easy one. Um, George, let's see if Aaron can remember this. Heckling okay. cheap trick. I remember it. Because uh, I know I George it. knows it. I don't. I don't know this one. <laughs> what? You don't? <laughs> well, let me think about it for a minute. It's about you. Oh, you what? At Kiss, at, Ki- at Kiss Alive, my first concert, and I was heckling cheap tricks. Right? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we were yeah, talking like about jerky drink. experiences with crowds being mean to the openers, right. and you right. said, oh, I did that. <laughs> and I was screaming at the top of my lungs, cheap shit, cheap shit. I want, yeah, right, yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> heckling cheap. As if they, because it was a live album, I thought if I screamed loud enough, they could hear, I'd be on the record, right? They're, inclu- <laughs> they're going to include the li- the opener <laughs> Right. Record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw a microphone hanging from the ceiling and I'm like, I can get, I know they can hear me. I'm the loudest person in here. The entire show experience. They're going to get some uh, parking lot footage. <laughs> some pretzel footage, some bathroom footage. We got mics everywhere, guys. This is a live album. It's a full experience. You don't know that? What the flavor, bro? You want the flavor or not? We got a shot of a guy putting another guy upside down in a trash can. (laughs) 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 So that that cheap trick line goes all the way back to episode three, back when we were just babes in the wood. Not our 50th, yeah. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) 47 years ago. (laughs) Yeah, I guess ear and loathing is in dog years or something. So, all right. In what episode did Aaron's unfunky aunt make an appearance? 
Oh gosh, a, a or, lot or of context. Them, I feel like. <laughs> you, yeah, you guys don't have to t- tell me the, the episode number or even the specific songs. I can tell you that. But why? What was the context of her? I think I remember with Kath. I was. I think it was one of the you know like one of like the Charlene shows or one of those shows where somebody with a with the light voice you know where it sounds very wispy or saying that that's what an ant sounds like. Mm, no, it wasn't. Mm. It was the Andy Levy episode. Huh? And on that episode was Madonna, the the Dodgers doing We Are the Champions. And <laughs> I'm not Black a Christian Morgan. and I'm not a Jew. <laughs> right. And fucking and Aaron with the fucking pointy hat guy. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I believe that, that Aaron was talking about how like one of your aunts was cool and the other one was, was unfunky. <laughs> like in the Madonna, like the Madonna segment, I believe. Is that, right, right. Yeah. Sounds right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't have been anything else on that on that episode. That's funny. <laughs> In what context or what episode, you know, what segment, did we discuss violating Nancy Reagan's corpse? Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) I have zero memory of that. (laughs) He said to the judge. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you didn't, George, you didn't let us finish. With kisses. (laughs) (laughs) Makes it all better, doesn't it? What a picture that is. With butterfly kisses. <laughs> what, an, what an image. <laughs> what a big fan of her acting work and as her first lady. You know, just say no. <laughs> what? I said kisses! And her BJ work. <laughs> I hear that she was gnarly at that. I hear. Yeah. I hear no, that's, that's word honestly, Hollywood. <laughs> honestly, that's, that was, that's Hollywood street gossip. Yeah. Is that really? I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I hope enough For to real. cut this, Damon. I hope enough to cut this. <laughs> <laughs> she blew her way into the White House. <laughs> okay, so anyone remember where we discussed violating Nancy Reagan's court? I do not. I can no. tell you what that was. It was your pal Damon, known for his taste <laughs> in, uh, in the <laughs> Don't Drive Drunk uh, Stevie Wonder oh, segment. Right. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Because oh, I guess God. I said I said this shit doesn't work, and that includes you, Nancy Reagan. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> you know, advising kids not to do drugs. How many people have you heard? It? Man, when that guy, that cop came, when he opened up that briefcase with all those pills and joints in it, it made me want to try all of them. <laughs> How many times have you heard people say that? You had to jack that fucking case off him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget your briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> So this thought has been offered many times and many, but what was the first context where this specific thing was said? Here it comes. Hillbilly wisdom. And it wasn't Clem Clemson. In the Wasp episode? Wasp. No, it was not. Okay. I don't know. Mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make disassociate in front of guests now, so I'm just going to say I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It was the... Profound thoughts of our pal Brad Paisley, the accidental racist. Yes. Now I remember. Yeah. <laughs> he was dispensing his hillbilly wisdom. <laughs> Sounds like a Paisley. <laughs> now, in what context would you want to make sure that you're lighting the candle before the lovemaking commences? Oh, uh, oh. You should remember this, George. I know it's the joke about Damon's daybed next to it, next to where he's sitting right now, right? No, no, no. Okay, no. Then I don't know. (laughs) 
Oh, oh, oh I want to set you up. You right. up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I think the context of that quote is we were, we figured out that he was talking about you know getting naked and everything before they put the lights or mm-hmm. he couldn't how could he see what was going on because he hadn't lit the candle yet <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's something about the lyrics where like it, it was really there's a really big wait he hadn't done that yet yeah, uh, I forget right. exactly what it is. Yeah. At one point, he's like, "Oh shit, my lighter's in the car." He has to like <laughs> put his shorts on and run downstairs. <laughs> Boner waving all about, right? <laughs> Uses it to press the elevator button. <laughs> press, click, clicka. No hands. <laughs> all right, here we go. A classic. Henry Kissinger's butthole. <laughs> you said it, Damon, right? feel like that's a you. Mm-hmm, yes. I don't know. Aaron, you know I, this one. Tip of my tongue, though. Uh, I remember the, the thing, but I don't remember the, the context. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that could really be any time. I mean, who? when when is that sweet reference not going to work? Right. Yeah. I mean, half our episodes have buttholes. The other half have Henry Kissinger. So <laughs> that's right. once in a while, the two get together. I'm trying to know what what is this? This was the lyric from the Charlene song where she says, I've seen some things that a woman just ain't supposed to see. Right. <laughs> yeah. She's on the beltway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we pictured it at the Republican National Convention. And so right. what else? What would be the most disturbing thing to see in, in that era? HKBH. All right. Um, that that uh, uh, fucking lyric was, we can do it till we both wake up. And I wasn't understanding that. All right. <laughs> we can do it till we both wake up. <laughs> what? From Sex You Up, right? That was the... Yeah. Okay, right. yeah. yeah. In fact, <laughs> did George throw in a Bill Cosby riff on that? I think you might have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, oh, God. I probably did. Oh, no. Yeah. Sounds right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of George, and Aaron's going to have to help me with this because I know the episode. I couldn't find what the context was, but it sure was a funny riff. It was, what's in George's keister? Oh. <laughs> I, I know little bits and pieces of it, but I don't remember the exact reason we were talking about it. I'll even tell you the... Well, I don't know why I didn't put the sorbet on here, but I did put the two uh, tortures. It was Neil Diamond and Reggae Strut and Billy Crystal with You Look Marvelous. And I don't know why George's keister, unless it was in the the kibitz segment. I don't remember mm-hmm. why we were... It's something about George was in a car accident. Maybe it was that that was like driving home. Oh, right. Because we were saying that there were, George was writing down a bunch of crazy things. We, we had done... Uh... Brock Eats, I think, and he wrote down a bunch of crazy shit that looked all weird, like like dick and things like that, or his cock. <laughs> oh, I, I used one word, like up. a set list, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cock versus, right, okay, right. <laughs> and then it ha- if he was horrible, had a horrible accident, they'd find that list in his butthole. <laughs> Are these buttholes. lists of things are in your butthole, right? Okay. <laughs> what was he doing? <laughs> he was doing a pocket, you know what, fucking... His stuff that was in his Honestly. butthole, forget it. It's what, what, you don't want to know. It's in his keister, that's it. Right, right. Okay, no, that's, that's good now. Yeah. All right. Flutes and raisins. <laughs> oh, I remember that. I, I, I'm going to guess it's a Richie Blackmore thing. <laughs> sort of. Not I mean, far off. <laughs> it was, it was uh, episode two, Jethro Tull, I think, talking about it because he talks about 
He talks about he's playing from the lyrics. Rather than raisins. <laughs> and his flute. And he plays the flute all the time. It was. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't remember that. That was a lyric. I didn't know that. <laughs> says raisins. He yeah. says that in a rock track. <laughs> and it was episode four, by the way. Fucking salmon farmer. <laughs> <laughs> this is an easy one. Banana hammocks. Ah, yeah. Well, uh, pumps in the pumps. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, right. Yeah. Once we start getting to the more recent ones, they're easier to remember. Yeah. How about a chunk about jungle gyms? Uh, I got nothing for that. This is another one where I I knew the the sort of broad context, but I couldn't find the specific quote in the episode, and I listened through most. Oh, of it. is it the the? I, I imagine I'm on a playground. That that song? Did it happen during oh, oh, that? Oh, uh, my name is Billy. I have a nickel. My, my name is Michael. I got a nickel. Uh, playground in my mind. Yeah. Clint Hufford or whatever his name was. That, that's a oh. that's a good guess, but no. Okay. Thank you. A chunk about. <laughs> Timmy had a good guess. <laughs> <laughs> it must have come out during the Brockies. It was a double Brockies. It was the best comedians, stand-up comedians of all time. Ah, right. And I don't remember why we had... I think it was something about like one of us imagining ourselves as a kid on the playground as a comedian or something. And that's why I think George said, I got a chunk about Jungle Gym. George White, <laughs> playground comedian. Yeah. <laughs> you ever been to the Jungle Gym? And you- <laughs> Somebody animate that. Instead of a brick wall behind him, it's like a sandbox or something. Or he's standing in the sandbox. All right, that is 19. I've got one more to go before we leave this exciting little segment here. And probably one of the best quotes from the podcast of all time. And it goes something like this. <laughs> this. 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 It's this-ish. <laughs> Quiche before keister. <laughs> I almost referenced that earlier when you said keister. Because I thought, I remember the other keister. You know, I was joking before when I said we have like butthole talk in every episode, but so far we've got about four okay. or five in this one oh, yeah. segment. Do you remember this, George? The, the, I remember the exact thing about I it. Don't. Do you remember I what don't. it was? Uh-uh. It was from the guy, do you want to make love? We were saying like, Jesus, like take her out to dinner or something. Or like if he met her at like, if he wants to get to know her. Like you just met at a nightclub, go out to dinner, talk to her then, and then, you know, go, then go do it. But he has a strict quiche before quiche. Doing- <laughs> policy. policy. We're going to brunch. We're doing something during the day. And then the talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quiche before keister. <laughs> he was so annoying because he sort of like fooled us with his line because it was like, yeah. he's not doing what everyone else in the seventies did, which was like. Hey, do you like a penis in your vagina? Yes, I do. Follow me. You know, and then right. just straight to the futon. But this guy was like, hey, we got to have some sort of relationship first. So that was our kind of like <laughs> sort of like micro version of that was quiche before keister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got a policy. <laughs> so funny to figure out, to, to discover that song was not about what you thought it was the whole right. time as a kid when you listened to it. That it was the exact opposite of that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't want to fool around, okay? I don't want to, you know. <laughs> Georgie, I'm I, telling you that people who listen to that episode still think that. They're, you, they're not everyone, but it, half of them do. Right. Just yeah. because they're not thinking about it. They go, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's about boning. <laughs> with You're fooling around, you know. No, he doesn't want to fool around. 
You know, you guys should do safety dance. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you like that song? Oh, what? You like it? No, it's not the. Shut up! <laughs> I have an idea. Start your own fucking podcast. <laughs> oh, you have one? Uh, Shocker. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> All right. So there you go, lads. A little, how about we just play a little uh, outro music for Aaron's benefit? Yes, for Aaron. <laughs> yeah. So we will pick up uh, Gitmo Memory Lame next time. We'll do 10 on George and 10 on the next Aaron. And then we'll be done and we'll need another 50 episodes to do it again. What do you guys think? Great. Yep. Yeah, snap. You know, me doubling down on on love there with with the extra ten was <laughs> only down my, on love. my very my very transparent uh, tactic of trying to stay out of this place. But looks like I got to walk my ass down as usual. Here we go. Down, down. Torture chamber. Okay, I'm not gonna bullshit you. Okay, I don't really give a good fuck what you know or don't know. But I'm going to torture you anyway. Suffering. As I flip back through the archives, I'm thinking back to our last episode where A-Dog was in the TC. Mm-hmm. And I believe your pal Damon went first with the let there be earth days all the time <laughs> song. <laughs> and so that means I think George needs to go first this time. Sure. That sounds right. That sounds like correct math. <laughs> I remember it went down the exact same way. Okay. Dude. And yet you, and then you came to a different conclusion, which is weird. Yeah. yeah. Strange. It's, it's uh, both sides win. So uh, I guess George, do you want to talk us up here or what do you think? Yeah, I'll give a little bit on this. So, um, this one has been sitting, this is a, to me, this is a prize plum that's been sitting on the turd tree for quite some time. <laughs> and I don't know why anyone hasn't brought it to market, but I've decided to. <laughs> it's like your magic beans. <laughs> magic be- <laughs> plum. Plums, beans. Um, hey, nice plums. <laughs> and so I, I don't, I don't know if you guys, this is from 2011 and has uh, widely been considered one of maybe the worst songs ever. Um, and I, we can play it. I'm not going to say anything about it. I want to see, not the title of the, I want to see if you guys remember this. It was a sensation, a viral sensation, maybe the first viral sensation. And I want to see if you guys know it, and then I'll tell you about it. So let her roll. Okay. This is all right. I I've heard a lot about this song. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, I do remember when it went viral. Aaron, you recognizing it yet? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let it roll some more then. Okay. Let it roll. Oh no. Is the thing with this song, I have a thing to ask you, but you should tell everybody what it is. This is Rebecca Black's Fridays, <laughs> or Friday, Friday, sorry. Friday, yeah. And this is one of the, and this is like the one of the first songs to go viral in 2011, where it had like over 167 million views, and she was just a 13-year-old girl 
that paid these guys. They had a company called Arc Music, which was kind of a to rip, you know, kids off, kids and their parents off. Or if you paid them four thousand dollars, they would write you a song and shoot you a video, and and then you could have it on YouTube. And you know, most of them, it would just you know your stupid friends would watch it and whatever. Not this one. This one went completely viral, 167 million views right away. Um, most of them negative, kind of ruined <laughs> this girl's life. Um, <laughs> and, it, and it went on from there. But uh, that's what this is, Friday, Rebecca Black. One of the things that stands out about it, I think, to everyone was the, the way she's enunciating and it's sort of a and it's sort of a monotony thing. She doesn't go many places, and she, she it sounds like she's Small Wonder singing the song, Re- yeah. right? Rebecca Black featuring Small Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Poor thing. Yeah, she, she does sound a bit like a robot. She had a choice of two songs, and she chose this one instead of one that was called like "She's a Woman" or something. She like thought that thought that was too grown up. And what is George, you doing good impersonation of them? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> the robot from from Buck Rogers. <laughs> oh, uh oh uh Mr. Tweaky? Theopolis? Tweaky? Yeah. Beady beady beady, get down. <laughs> she sounds like that. <laughs> well yeah, well and th- th- this is one of this is one of the most creative um creative uh reviews I've ever heard of something. So I I, I wanted to read this to you guys. And this is from a guy named a Rolling Stone writer. That said, that said, uh, Black ultimately ends up, quote, sounding like a distinct singer with an alluring sort of anti-charisma. I've <laughs> <laughs> never heard that word. What do you have? I'm like an anti-hero. I have anti-charisma, and that's why people love me. And I guess it's a love-to-hate kind of thing because most of the comments on this, on the on the comment thing on YouTube and all that, and all the, you know, a thumbs up or thumbs down – 80% were thumbs down, but still, you had to hear this song. Right. And also, and, by the way, I be working in the fucking office culture the way I do is that that was this fucking like meme central. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. On the weekend, people would send it to everybody. So, like, there's the viewers bah, 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 stacked up. So, like, maybe before memes, right? But like, they would just forward the video, I think. No, I, gu- I guess the, I guess what happened was so I, I didn't know this part that, um, a guy named uh, what's this guy's name? Michael J. Nelson, who's one of the guys from Mystery Science Three Thousand. Yeah, yeah, he's Mike, the one. The yeah, other. he's the one that started talking about this and tweeted about it. Oh, wow. and then it got onto the uh, what you call it, Tosh Point O show. Mm. It got on that on a blog. That's when blogs were you know a big thing then, and it got on that, and that's what helped it ex- helped this explode. Was that, and this really was, so everyone really looked at this, like Forbes magazine wrote an article, and everyone wrote something about how Facebook, Tumblr, you remember Tumblr back then? Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter could ignite something like this and turn mm. some, some just the 13-year-old girl into this whole thing. And and it did, and it was, and it's it's incredibly, I mean, it, it there's, there's points of this song, just play some more of it, and then we'll talk some more, but it's just, there's points in this where, I mean, it's kind of a children's song, and it sort of sounds like, like you were saying about Small Wonder, I, she, that she might be special needs or something. You don't even know what's going on, <laughs> right? Right. With it's what she's right. saying, right. she names the days of the week. It's she said, "I got to get up and eat some cereal." It's just fucking, it's crazy. <laughs> but didn't you say those producer guys wrote it? They did. And then okay. you got a choice of which song you wanted to do, and then she and she picked this one, <laughs> right? But was it a? a- 
within her purview to 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 rewrite these guys' lyrics. In other words, no, like, no, no. This was this was all she didn't rewrite anything. You, right, that's, you picked the song. That's it. So it was. It was. I guess when thing. You're, you're 13 and you're and you think you're working with professional producers, maybe she didn't think it was her place to to change yeah, to, to to give notes. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know. The, okay, bo- the bodies of the other kids who had something to say were uh, in the next room. She fucking kept her mouth shut. And yeah, did fucking right. Friday song. <laughs> Friday's mine. So let's hear a little more of this. It's uh, it, it's, <laughs> okay. it's horrible. And I have the the pleasure of enjoying the video as well. I included it this time because it was such a big part of the wh- wh- how the how the song got popular. So right, yeah, yeah. Okay, here we go. Okay, stop there. Did you get that? The the pre-chorus is kicking in the front seat, kicking in the back seat, got to make my mind, which seat should I take? Where am I going to sit in the car? Which is a big deal when you're 13. I don't yeah. want to sit in the middle. I want to, you know. I wanna... If I took that long to decide, you know, where, where I was going to sit in the car, my friends would have just drove away. I'd still be standing there singing. Fuck you! <laughs> am I in a back seat or front seat <laughs> mood? I don't know. I don't know. Back seat's cool. I mean, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> That's the pre-chorus to yeah. the song. <laughs> okay. Right. Give us some Now, were these kids collateral damage, like the ones who are in the car with her? Because they're pretty featured in this as well. No, those right? are her friends. They just took it and shot it at her house. They shot the video oh, at her house with her friends. I'm, but I'm wondering if if they they got a bunch of shit online too. Oh, I didn't. Just her, I think. I don't. I, their, their names aren't mentioned anywhere. Yes, yeah. <laughs> they're in the witness protection program. <laughs> Pulling a Henry Hill out in Secaucus. When when the when the when the whole package is four grand, you know you're not got you're not getting a lot of locations. Hey Rebecca, how about we shoot at your house with your friends? <laughs> <laughs> Do they have cars or anything we could use or a camera? <laughs> like what's what's your profit margin here? Five hundred dollars? Like what? <laughs> I feel like most of the weird like the other words sound bad too, but it's just the way she's really hitting Friday. I wonder if that was her. Was this a first pass where she's just trying to figure out what what was going on, and then they're like. Well, we could do another pass, but there's something about this, and I don't know what the hell it is. Like, they knew right away that it was funny and strange sounding. Because it sounds like, not that she's an, I feel like it sounds more like she's an alien, speaking of Area 51, from the beginning of the show. <laughs> she's you know she's what I mean? very, I, it's severely, I mean, it's a lot of auto-tune is what they talked about with this. And right. and then, in response to this, Aaron, she, which I was curious about, she did do an acoustic version in her living room with her friends as a response, because she got so much hate about this she pulled an aiello yeah she did she pulled an aiello she like fine it. i will do this acoustic she did like an acoustic version in her living room and it, we that, got a that right is... to take back the night <laughs> <laughs> and the acoustic version sort of the same and her voice isn't i mean it's a little less disturbing auto-tune-y. sounding yeah, yeah. auto toony but it's it this is her tone like it was <laughs> No, I'm a real musician. Watch. Here's me with my friends again. We're not in a car. We have a guitar. That's it. She wanted to keep it like raw and street, so she wore a bickle. <laughs> she has like there is I wonder if what she was doing, poor thing, if she was like because there is a style that 
Britney Spears would do, baby, baby, but I suppose yeah. to know. Like she may, in her head, this is like a decade later, right? So in her head, she might have been thinking that she knew that style was maybe thinking she was doing that, but she sounds more like, uh, you know, she's from- Special needs alien? <laughs> it sounds like she's from Europa. Sounds like Twinkie. Sounds like Twinkie. <laughs> she she was a huge fan of Justin Bieber, and that's what she was trying to. I guess that was her thing that she was trying to be like. Was huh. she's a big Justin Bieber? She liked that song called Baby. I think it's called Baby because that's also yeah. a super irritating song. Because I forgot that he kind of came out of a viral thing where he was like a little like not a baby but a little kid playing the drums member mm-hmm. and oh, that's right. where he he kind of came from that and so that was part of this allure was that that could happen to you and you could become the biggest star in the world hey george is she from the great white north no she is, she is from she orange back? county or something yeah orange county exactly right yeah, yeah. that's where huh. she's from yeah my big thing having to listen to a full minute of this song <laughs> and, and then you bring up bieber and britney spears and everything i'm like yeah. Who's laughing last? Because the fact that a bunch of people were splitting hairs between this and like a Miley Cyrus song or something, there's not a world of difference between this song and anything else that was popular at the time. They're just better singers. She's not a singer. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone was auto-tuned the hell out of their voices, right? Yes. And so so is she. You couldn't tell that Britney Spears was a good or bad singer because she had as much effect on her voice as as Rebecca Black. I guess my point is like, who are all these these music experts who just piled on this girl? Like, what's the big difference between this and any pop song that was going on at the time? Doesn't seem right to even review it. (laughs) Why is Rolling Stone reviewing it? There's something about this to me that's just an extra just weirdness about it that that's the guy's talking about the anti-charisma there is something about this that has an extra that's beyond what you're saying damon and maybe it's just that britney spears got more passes and had more you know production and you know it was a full record with real producers and you know yeah and that yeah here we go yep Yeah, this if a, if AI existed back then, you would just say, "Oh yeah, AI wrote this song." I always like when I like the idea. Just she's talking about partying. Yeah, <laughs> just, right. Just, what does that mean in the world of Rebecca Black? What is she talking about? Well, she might be tell. She probably tell you in a few minutes, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> and also singing about partying when they're in like an open convertible with way too many people in it, and <laughs> underage kids driving, underage you know, kids driving around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That that was mentioned in the reviews, yes. Why are underage kids driving? She's 13. Why do they have a Mustang? Right. right. So, suddenly Stevie Wonder steps into the road. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Okay, they're in a studio now. There's like a, you know, a green screen of, of like a, a cityscape behind them. FYI. Well, you can get, you know, that you can get that for a couple hundred bucks. I mean, this is a $4,000. <laughs> it sounds like one of those things that's like at the at the mall where like you go into the next to where the wingdings are or whatever and and you you pop in there and they have a green screen you sit there and you go, "What am I doing now?" <laughs> Just seeing what's on the thing. <laughs> I like how Aaron regularly goes to the mall and does that. 
You have to. to, to, to you got to keep your chops up. <laughs> you got to keep what the kids are doing. This is what the kids are doing. Where are you? Shit, man. Play laser tag. You know, come on. I live in Minnesota, <laughs> not the moon. <laughs> yeah, Mall of America, Damon. Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> the North Star Maker. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the, it's just weird to me that this sounds like so much somebody again i'm trying to look at it from the perspective of somebody who's watching this and and what is so annoying about it and i the only thing that comes to mind for me and not that it's not an annoying song and a horrible song but it's as horrible as all the other songs that i've heard from this genre of music but it's maybe the fact that people think that like this was she was more manufactured than like her parents paid for it or something right yeah, her parents that what just annoyed paid for yeah for for her to have a video because that's what these guys were pushing in this arc music thing. These two songwriters. It was during yeah. the American Idol, and also you have to I talk about that too. That this was during the American Idol period of time when it was really, and I mean, America was watching that TV show, and and you and that's what they were pushing every second. That oh, you can be a nobody, and then we can pick you, and then you'll be the biggest star in the world. And yeah. meanwhile, no one ever really, you know, maybe a few people made it off American Idol, but not that many. She says, how old, uh, you say she was 13 when she did this? Yes. What are her parents fucking doing? <laughs> what are they doing? Well, I mean, are they're from Irvine and she wanted this. I don't and, give you know, a I mean, fuck. Was right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it like, fuck, dude, don't do that. You can get a song or we can buy you a used Honda. What do you want? She can do whatever <laughs> she wants when she's 18 and is like suddenly aware of things, you know, like, geez. Like, I know you want to do it. I know I'm being an ogre. Fucking five years from now, do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. (laughs) Gee. Responsible parenting from Aaron Britt. I like this. Hey, man. (laughs) Hey, man. Come on. (laughs) You're not doing a song. You were in a band, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) What about the Monas? How old were you? (laughs) That's why I don't have kids, dude. I I stopped it early. Yeah, trust me, Becky, no one's going to claim the Friday song between now and five years. It'll still be waiting for you. And of course, you know, guess what? These guys, there was some you know, tricky stuff in the contract. Sure. And, and then there oh, was a yeah. dispute about it, and they had to take it down, and they sold it as a ringtone, and she only made $26,000, even though it's, you know, been viewed like three mil- 300 million times. Or, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's the other, right. George, it's a good point, is that like there's, if the world spins on its axis in the weirdest way in the world and something happens, there's no way to anticipate this, except just don't fucking put them in yeah. the way of things like this, I guess I would say. But there's only a way that it's going to go that's going to be shitty. It's not going to be awesome. It won't be. Even if everybody universally loves it, she's going to get ripped off. You know, it, the money won't be awesome because somebody's yeah. going to get greedy or just do things unfairly. They probably don't think it's greedy at all. They're like, look, it's our entire idea. Fuck off. I mean, it's not cool, but that's probably what their idea is. Yeah. Yeah. Patrice Wilson and Jay. Looking at you guys. Patrice Wilson. And Clarence J. Mm, very cautious, <laughs> not using his, uh, anything but his initial name. Mm. No, last name J E Y. So he claims. Yeah. yeah right. That's what it says in court documents. Honey, the producers aren't going to give us their real names. Do you think we should still <laughs> sign this contract? They seem like nice guys. Just give them the four grand. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. Rebecca, here we go. Friday, Friday. Woo, that is. Down on 
on the blackboard of my mind. Yeah. Yeah, what's funny is that she's from Orange County, which is probably one of the stronger West Coast accent areas. And yet she sounds like she's from Buffalo. Friday, Friday. (laughs) Baklava. (laughs) Oh, my God. After the video shoot, we're going to go get some baklava. (laughs) (laughs) This is my favorite Buffalo accent word. There's no better word. Baklava. And you have to you have to put it the context of that quote is having the oh my god in front of it. Yeah. Oh my oh god, Baklava. Oh my god, Baklava. <laughs> that was you at the fair that somebody was next to you, some gal next to you was noticing that at the fair or something, Dan? It was my sister, I believe Goob. Um <laughs> and Goob was probably listening and she'll tell me whether it was her or not, but it was one of my sisters for sure, and she was just walking by and some <laughs> buffalo gal. You know, well-fed b- buffalo gal <laughs> walking along with her family and saw the, the Greek, you know, sort of like food stand for the baklava displayed. And she couldn't help but exclaim, <laughs> oh, my God, baklava. It's before she could even think about what she was saying. It just yeah. happened. It's a thing that happened already. Yeah. <laughs> we got to call these uh, art these art guys and have a have, we got to write a song. <laughs> it's called "Oh My God" parentheses baklava baklava Got to get some, some baklava. <laughs> I eat on Sunday. Eat it on Monday. <laughs> All right. More Rebecca, please. <laughs> Rebecca Blacklava. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Thank you. We so excited. I like that. Yeah, no, and she keeps huh. going on with the days. Let it go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's where the alien part comes in, where she's just, I'm not an alien. What? <laughs> These are the days of your week. The week. So Friday's the point here. So is there something before Friday? There is. It's <laughs> Thursday. You getting excited on that day? Kind of, because Friday's coming. Well, I can, some of what she's dealing with, I can vibe with, because I'm a broken person in a number of ways. And one of the ways I'm broken is that <laughs> Thursday is truly where it's at. <laughs> that, because, that's your party night like you go to usc well, no just because in my mind because friday we're already on the other side of it as far as i'm concerned of the weekend yeah it's like 48 hours of dread coming up right <laughs> what a wonder what a wonderful employee you must be and yeah. saturday you're like fuck it forget about it yeah. <laughs> sunday is a nightmare <laughs> we're going to the other side of it by thursday no no we're already Get it. <laughs> I get where she's coming from, man. There's <laughs> people who say, hey, man, dehydration works like this. If you're thirsty, it's fucking too late, bro. <laughs> <laughs> really? I, I got no shot? No. No. <laughs> no sorry. No. I wish I could tell you did. You do not. You're dead. <laughs> Hasta la vista, muchacho. <laughs> you're dead, my friend. All right. All right. Here's some more Rebecca. Rebecca Black, 
so chilling in the front What? Okay, so this so this is one of the producers who's decided to rap on the track. I bet it's Steely J. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it is J. Whatever the fuck his name is. Clarence J. Yeah, I believe it's Clarence J that's doing the rapping. <laughs> <laughs> How did I know? Okay. Clarence J. Do you happen to know if these two guys, you know, aside from like ripping off 13-year-old Orange County girls, did they have any other success after this? No, not really. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lightning in a bottle. Not particularly, no. They took all the worst elements of all the shittiest music and put it all into one song. The end. <laughs> I take that back. I read right. I'm reading right here now. I didn't see this before. Clarence J produced music for Grammy winning R&B group All for One. <laughs> so, yeah, he produced uh, that record. But this, the first thing I read those like were lists. They worked with and it lists a bunch of people like Randy Jackson presents and all these <laughs> other things. And the guy that left poison to make a record like it was things like that. Rebecca like, Black's younger sister, Sarah. Yeah, it's like right. no one that you heard about. You're like, what? But I don't know who all for one is. So yeah, he could have been parking the passenger vans at the Randy Jackson fucking backgammon festival. Right. We work together. <laughs> we work together. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what? All right. Anyway. Do you think that she sang all of this? Uh, all, like all the way through. So like, cause it takes something to hit fry exactly the same each time. <laughs> she probably just said it once, right? Friday. Yeah. And they yeah, just looped it. Right, right. CJ, yeah. CJ loopsy loops probably came in and, and like his, cause they probably had a bunch of other people do it, pay for grand for this service. And so like a oh, lot yeah. of other gals did it. So CJ's rap was already done, <laughs> except they had to add in Rebecca black stuff. Right. Like right, yeah. when he says her name, not for nothing, you guys, but I'm looking, I'm scrolling down below the video and she's doing gigs. Oh yeah. She's now she's like 25 years old. Yeah. She's touring. Yeah. yeah she tours and yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She owns it. Wow. She's out there, you know. Yeah. Huh. And the comments below the video are all, the, the, everyone sort of turned the corner. It sounds like with Rebecca Black. Oh yeah. The, the one I like, Damon, the one I like is when some guy, goes, some, some like the first one is like, um, she left the comments on what a legend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't take much. Yeah, yeah. just that she did. She did. You could have cut him off, but not her. She takes the hate. She's a legend. Good for her. That's what it yeah. takes to be a legend these days. Strong, strong gal. <laughs> sure. Strong young woman. And and so it's a lot of the comments are just saying like we support you and you know. <laughs> You know, but I'm thinking like, you're probably the same people who, when you were 13 and listening to the song, totally. were making fun of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're being heroes by, by going on and making a statement and putting it, putting their, putting it next to their name in a public forum. Yeah. Let's go dig up the, the, you know, social media history of all these assholes. <laughs> I promise you there's some Rebecca black hate going on. Oh God. Yeah. It was, I think it was 88% uh, thumbs down when it first came out. <laughs> oh, Here's a perfect example. I love how back in 2014, the song was such a joke, but here we are in 2023 and we all have mad respect for this song. Mad respect. I religiously played every Friday and proud to say I know all the lyrics. So this person is admitting that they thought it was a joke 10 years ago and probably just, you know, was like everyone else and goofing on this girl, Rebecca Black. But mm. anyway. But now yeah. they've grown up and it's great. Right. <laughs> Boy, people are 
fucking awesome, aren't they? <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> well, what would 13 year old Damon say? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I probably would have been a dick too, but there was no social media back then. Ha <laughs> 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 um, So do we keep going here? We've got like 45 seconds left. Of I've this. got a sneaky suspicion about what happens for the rest of the song. <laughs> George is going to tell you something different happens. Yeah. He's already chambered it. I know it. Yeah. No, it's a great ending. Make us hear it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he deserves to have it play all the way out. Yeah. Jimmy Page steps in and takes a solo. I think. <laughs> Play I think, it. I think play it's Jimmy it. Page at the end. All right. Play it. Play it. <laughs> All right. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend party and party. Is that her doing the the, the, yeah. the soul explosion? Yeah, I I mean, according to the video it is, but yes. it's also um a whole heaping bucket full of, of auto-tune, I believe. As so well. she's yes. not she's not being shackled by like a fucked up dwadnum or something where she can't she can't a raise dwadnum. her voice. Wow. I have a dwadnum problem. You know, Aaron, you say you say you say duodenum, I say dwadnum. Who cares, baby? As long as we both got them. Got a real dwadnum problem. Wasn't can't that? clench up. She can't clench up, you know, because <laughs> Wasn't that the country bar that George went to, Dwadnum and Diner? Went to the Dwadnum. I did a I did a line dance called the Pyloric Sphincter. I thought it was called the Dwadnum. It's the Dude Room. I don't think she was she any of this concept of this had anything to do with her. I think these guys told her exactly what to sing on every every little bit. They did. They did. She had a choice of songs. The songs were written already, and they said for four thousand bucks, here's the two we have. Which one do you want? Right. And she chose Friday, and the rest is history. And here we are today. <laughs> no need to point out that, you know, we're castigating these people who made fun of this girl, and yet we're using it as a torture song on our podcast. Thank you very much. <laughs> Way long after the fact. It is torturous. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds awful. It is rough stuff. Oof. Yeah. Oof. All right. I love how that guy was flexing about how he knew all the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, there's like six. <laughs> I'm proud to say. Huh. I like the part about the days of the week. <laughs> That's my verse. I wrote that one. my brain just keep saying fun okay. <laughs> fun 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 when should i stop fun fun fun, fun. it's like pete townsend's uh synthesizer it's, got, it's like something's wrong with it the, loop, the loops are all fucked up <laughs> just unplug fast. it he's, 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 he's turning a knob it's i don't know i can't get it off six it's seconds. turning louder pete <laughs> fun, 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 fun. fun. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't fun anymore. And by the way, her she of course she did a follow up after all this call Saturday. Over. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> These guys were not involved, and the magic of the collaboration was gone, and that was the end of that. Is it actually called Saturday? Yes. <laughs> oh. Check out the big brain on Brit. <laughs> Look at that. 
Is it going to be fun? <laughs> fun, fun. <laughs> no, turn it off. That's my, <laughs> my jam. <laughs> anyway, Damon, hope you enjoyed that. Rebecca Black uh, Fridays. I feel bad for the girl. I feel bad for us. I feel bad for society. Then my work is done. You yeah. Know. <laughs> Thank you. Steve YouTube made a beautiful dollar. <laughs> YouTube. Better will win is here. <laughs> All right. Well, that was George's offer this week, and it was Rebecca Black with Friday. And now we turn it over to ADB. That was rough, man. No, no doubt about it. I uh I'm not gonna give you any preamble. Just just play my offering. How about a year? Can we have a year? <laughs> yeah. Uh 1989 is when the single came out that we're listening to. Record came out shortly Shitty after that year. in 90. This is 19, 1989. All right, here we go. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah! Do it! When I heard that authentic blues piano, I knew we had a real bluesman coming up. Oh, shit. What is this? That's when she thought she was pretending. (laughs) George, you'll know it in three seconds. Okay. Boy, that mid-tempo thing that's happening there is was fucking everywhere on KLOS and KMET. Sounds like everything. It was all this bit from like 87, 88, 89. Every yeah. band who was from before. So you'd get Kansas with a new singer. You'd get uh, Molly Hatchet with a new singer. Um, you'd get uh, Kiss Bad like Company. This, yeah, they? Bad Company with a new singer. Like bands who didn't sound rough and tumble at all, who were, or who were doing like Good Love and Gone Bad two years before, and then <laughs> were doing songs that sounded just like this. Yeah. And it was on constantly on fucking KLOS. Constantly. And this was not, this is not too far, too many degrees away from that fucking Bruce Willis song either, by the way. It's fucking true. It's got no soul. It's, it's, it's a terrible fucking number. That big, awful fucking drum programming is brutal. Brutal. I still don't know what it is. Is there a saxophone in it? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, but let's, let's let it roll then. If George yeah, isn't yeah. getting it, let's, let's, I, I want to hear him react to when he finally figures <laughs> it out as he heads for the window to jump out. <laughs> Here we go. bother to sing <laughs> i know it's the worst <laughs> it sounds like he's got it's it sounds like how many times like, hey clear your throat <clears throat> how many times <laughs> it sounds like he's got like a bubble in there i still don't know what this is okay, okay. Let's keep playing okay. his 40s he wasn't an old man at this time <laughs> it sounds like he's a confused old person all right yeah. what is it tell me what it is it's pretending by slow hand eric clapton oh okay i i thought this was the guitar playing i'm like this sounds like that yeah. it's in the way that you use it or one of those yeah. this is on the record uh journeyman which uh 
one of the things that sticks out to me about the title Journeyman, every time I hear it, every time I hear it, I think of somebody decided, oh, I wonder what uh, Jack Bruce thinks about this, former bandmate. Hey, Jack Bruce, did you hear did you catch the new Clapton LP? Oh, Journeyman. It's sort of a dumb name. I'm the real Journeyman. <laughs> what? You fucking twat. Shut the fuck up. What's the matter with you? <laughs> All three of you fuckers deserved each other. You fucking nuts. Didn't we do in the way that we use it? We did yeah. that one, right? Yeah. yeah. It's in the way like one of the first it. episodes, I think. And it, 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 so there's After Midnight. Isn't that the same kind of song like this? After is Midnight is similar, but that was earlier. It, this the, On this it, record was uh, Bad Love, which was a fucking huge oh, hit. Yeah. This album, this album sold like fucking hotcakes, dude. It was fucking, and like no alibis was on this. Uh, before you accuse me. Oh my uh, God. I uh, fucking it. pretending, which is the first track on the record. Uh, and it was written by Jerry Lynn Williams. Jerry Lynn Williams wrote a number of those other songs too. He wrote uh, Forever Man, See What Love no. Can Do, Something's Happening, Running on Faith, Pretending. And a number of other songs, but those are the big ones for Eric Clapton. I mean, those like are all forever, hits. Forever, man. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, so, so this is the song that was uh, on this massive record, sold 5 million copies, 2 million in America. So, like, America said yes, and they kept saying yes, <laughs> despite the fact that music was about to change. And I, th- when I hear, when I think about, like, what Nirvana and what a lot of those people were acting against people always want to say, and I know you want to say this too, George, but that it was like poison and it was shitty warrant and things like that. But to me, to me, much in the way that punk was reacting to ELP and bloated sort of yes things and things like that. I, right. I imagined that more what they were doing was things that had zero soul, which this is one of them, you know, yeah, was my gut is that that's what was happening. I'm sure it was all, pretty bad in their eyes but this is like a zero this is like a zero vibe coming from someone who purports himself to be this bluesman like <laughs> and it's aggressively it's like a rash on the on on the on the butthole of music <laughs> <laughs> so I, many buttholes <laughs> i had to get a bh so in. many buttholes in every episode <laughs> <laughs> And I, I get what you're saying, though. Like, I, 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 so you're saying that, like, like, uh, Jenny Lane didn't know any better. Eric Clapton does, though. He's 40. No, right, like, exactly. That's what I said. Like, yeah, and this is Jenny time- Lane believed what he was doing. Like, he knew, yeah. he, oh, this is great. I'm Jerry Pie. Yeah, right. He's supposed to be singing about Punani, dude. The guy's right. fucking 12. He's 21. And you're right. Yeah, it's what he does. Right. Yeah. So, like, poor, poor Shaka Khan on backups is like the only decent thing that's happening on this entire number. And, um, wow. Then it's Greg Fillingains, is I think yeah. is how you pronounce his name, but he's yeah. like a monster yeah. piano player. Uh, oh, fucking thriller, all, everything, yeah. anything you can everything. think of. Everything, yeah, yeah, just yeah. as an incredible guy. Uh, uh, Nathan East who's with Clapton Forever as a bass player. He's a monster. Um, and on the road, it was um, Homeboy from a drummer from uh, Average White Band. And then it was later in the Heartbreakers, but this is just a big program. Right. Yeah, yeah. But this is a, a program. I'm glad that the guy who programmed it got uh, a credit. <laughs> I'm not going to say his name. Fuck you, dude. Fuck you for this job. And and that's the fucker we've said about these things before too. Is Eric Clapton calls, and right. you even if you've heard the other records or maybe think they're shitty like we do, you're going. You're gonna go. Play the yeah. session. It's Eric Slither. Clapton. Huh? You, yeah. you shock a con. You can't say no. I'm busy. 
I mean, <laughs> you have to go do this. <laughs> like, and they know it's bad. They know it's bad. You're like, oh man, I hope it's going to be something good. Some, some, I mean, he has had great songs in the past. Lay Down Sally's fucking awesome. You know, Layla, da 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 da. Nah. Uh, it's going to be pretending. Yeah, but he's already had bad records. This is the last of the bad records, right? <laughs> like after midnight and all that was before all this, right? Yeah, no, yeah, but this, but yeah. if he started down shit Boulevard, um, a few records before in '86, like yeah, yeah, right, with, with the know. with the Phil Collins produced ones, where like yeah. it's not fucking Phil's fault; it's his fault. Everything just <laughs> everything is dumb. The songs is are the dumb. cooch anywhere near this? Can you say <laughs> is the cooch anywhere so. near this no. record? Okay. No. <laughs> Did Eric Clapton's parents? Pay producers four thousand dollars. <laughs> would have been a better song. To put the song together. I watched the video, and the video is fucking a mess. The video is some chick, uh, it in a, in sort of like this sort of silk shirt, nighty looking, all like. Yeah. I really wish Slowhand would come back, rolling around into bed, looking all bummed, and and but but Slowhand's out with the band, uh, in the mid, like in a parking lot that's being rained on. So the band is shredding and they're being pour, like pouring rain. It's like sideways rain. You just imagine how bum they are. And, and then they ask a slow hand about the video. And he goes, uh, as the quote was, is that he stated in interviews that the idea was based on Akira Kurosawa's seven samurai. And then I say, I've seen seven samurai dozens of times. And never once have I noticed it being a scene featuring a half-assed bar band fronted by a dipshit coked-out uncle, some pasty racist chooch mumbling his way through a late 80s mid-tempo dated-as-fuck song. <laughs> like, it's fucking, it's brutal. Like, and, and it, but it's so of the time. It's, 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 it is. It's so typical of the t- I, I thought it was a million other songs. I thought yeah. it maybe was him because the guitar playing was ringing a bell, kind of. Yeah. But- you're right. It sounds like every other fucking yes. You're right. Like the and the other thing that upset me always about like I couldn't turn it off fast enough. But somewhere near the beginning of the lyric, he goes working on the sound of the band. <laughs> oh man, which is the fucking worst. And there's also there's no other reference or intimation throughout the rest of the lyrics that I can stomach to look at that lets us think that the, oh this is about an act. The interpersonal relationships within an act, and in the video, he's in the parking lot in the rain, and sh- and Hot Mama Bonanza is is waiting for Slowhand to come back, or psyched that he's gone. It's unclear what's going on with unclear. her emotionally. Unclear. I don't know. Are you saying, Aaron, in the era of cocaine, things weren't well thought out? <laughs> things were a little cattywampus with the, <laughs> with the timeline. What is this? Turn the rain machine up, and there's one of those fucking you know union guys up on a ladder. You're like. <laughs> It's this thing about a band? It's as high as it goes. I don't, it can't go. It's on 10. I don't. <laughs> Working on the sound of the band. Fuck Let's hear off. some of this crap. Fuck We're barely off. into it. We're like 30 seconds into this. My bro needs to get back to the drawing board because the, so far the work hasn't been paying off. It is not. Have another band meeting, guys. <laughs> Circle up, would you? Take a knee. <laughs> Take a knee. <laughs> All right. There it is. <laughs> there it is. As Harmonized promised. too. It's a sweet harmony. <laughs> Sound yeah. of the band. Was that Jack Bruce doing the harmony? <laughs> Probably. I'm the real journeyman. Whoops. Fail. <laughs> I'm trying to 
trying to figure out what this is about. I, I don't. Okay, so keep going. What? <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. What is I mean, this about? What the first verse? I don't. I, I can't tell you what the lyrics were because he was mumbling like about seventeen feet away from the microphone and half asleep. By the way, like under an afghan. <laughs> and now he's talking about singing with the band because I, I know the chorus. He says, here, here's the first verse. How many times must we tell the tale? How many times must we fall? Living in a lost memory you just recalled. Working on the sound of the band. Trying to get the music right. Two go out work. Three stay home at night. That's when she said she was pretending. All right. What? Yeah. These lyri- <laughs> lyrics mean nothing. It, it was just d- a dumb sounds that you so It sounds like words you put together. I'm confounded by my that's, brain yeah, can't link that's them. That's Jerry Lynn Williams. Yeah. It's probably in some kind of stupor. You never had to yeah, write good lyrics if you were one of these like kind of rock bands or hard rock bands. Like Kiss lyrics are fucking horrible, you yeah. know. And and it was just about like chunking a bunch of words together, and then if you had some sort of hook for the chorus or something, that was what you you were banking on. The lyrics, are, the the verse lyrics are just mean, utterly meaningless in this. Yeah, there's no other mention of the band or. The rehearsal room. Is this about pretending to write a song? (laughs) (laughs) Pretending to give a shit. I'm not joking. I don't know what. What is this? I want to hear the chorus. I don't. I don't remember this song at all. I you you might remember the chorus. It's 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 sort of as hooky as Eric Clapton gets in this era. So hold on. So so here's the chorus lyrics. That's when she said she was pretending, like she knew the plan. So is she pretending that she knew? Or she saying (laughs) she was pretending? Separate thought. Like she knew the plan or like an, an exclamation on the previous statement. Then <laughs> it was, that's when I knew she was pretending, pretending to understand. Pretending, 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 pretending. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what? But like, what does that have to do with the band? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's about Chrissy Hind because she was in the pretenders. I don't Trying know. to get the music right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> All right. This, this chorus should be coming up soon, George. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Jealous. There's no hurry, slow hand. Sounds like a different song. This sounds like a different song. <laughs> Nathan East is going to work there at that chorus. He's making some movement and that drum machine's fucking kicking him in the sack, but he's still doing that work. <laughs> or fucking slow hand, those those interspersed fucking little licks he's doing. Yeah. Like, he's lucky fucking Jimi Hendrix died. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy would have kicked his ass. <laughs> they don't call us friends, guy. Play like that. You do not care. Here's some coke, dude. Do some shit. This is the one time that bringing in Glenn Fry would have been an improvement. I'm yeah, telling you, it's a better fucking <laughs> no light. Fucking that fucking solo of Glenn's is better than this. <laughs> I take Glenn. A <laughs> real slow hand. That, that, that you could have made um, roughly four Rebecca Black songs for what they paid Glenn Fry to play the solo. 15 grand, <laughs> four grand, 16 grand. You know. yeah. Been sitting there crunching some numbers. <laughs> hey, guys. Guys. <laughs> a little off topic, but <laughs> just did some number crunching. <laughs> Oh. All right. So you're not recognizing this chorus, eh, George? No, I, I don't know this song at all. I mean, I kind of, I mean, I know this, the Aaron Wright, I know the hit, style of the song, but yeah. I, like I know after midnight and the other this was one, a number one song. Number one song. Forever Man. And I, I never, I've never heard this. I've never heard this. 
Yeah, you must have turned off KLOS for a year <laughs> because you couldn't <laughs> turn that fucking station on without hearing the stupid song. I mean, maybe I heard it somewhere, but it had no impression on me because that doesn't. I'm not. I registered nothing for this. Yeah. Well, this is when you would do. This is when you'd be talking to someone because the song is not interesting. <laughs> I'm sure that you had stories to tell, George, and you were telling them all during this fucking iceberg of a fucking. And the clubs I was at, you know, maybe they didn't play. That. And I, they officially did not play this in a club, dude. They want people just to go to sleep. Not even at Ayala's Blues Bar. <laughs> no way. Ironically, at the R&B, the R&B Mr. Bluesman himself. That's right. He has a hat on. He's a bluesman. He's a hat and sunglasses. That's what you need. <laughs> Working on the sound of the band. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> My God. <laughs> what the fuck is that we were, i'm just laughing because this is exactly the conversations we had like 40 years ago when we that's fucking true george like so I, I i feel that it's important to circle back to that part of the discussion from it's in the way that you use it because it really does sound like a bunch of fucking smart ass fuckers looking back at songs from decades ago and they sound corny it isn't that at all i mean in the in the moment it was being ripped to shreds by everyone we knew yeah and we weren't even we were hip kids but we weren't like fucking the bowels of hollywood only know about the fucking germs kinds of kids right you're right yeah we were pop tunes and stuff too right yeah yeah like so you guys had this discussion you already know this song from 40 years ago when you were whatever we wrote a song a song parody of eric clapton (laughs) at one point oh right you did that i remember that how you guys understanding me and so you guys like what, like, you guys like, what, like 19 in 1989 or something? Uh, I, was, I was still in, I was still just graduating high school this year. The the week this came out, I think, was, yeah, was right around the time I was so. out. Actually, it was in November. So, yeah, so it was later that year. And this was the music that your parents kind of liked. Like, right. They didn't, I don't know if my mom went out and bought this. All oh, oh my God, David. Perfect. What? On the video you're looking at, what is the first comment that you see? Oh, no. Is it my mom? <laughs> no, no, no. Just like, what is the first comment that you see? Lo, it's it's Espanol. Is that the uh, one you're talking about? No, the one that was on there, like when I sent it to you, was the first one on the top. Was uh, my dad? This is my dad's favorite. Yeah, <laughs> my, yeah, my dad's favorite, favorite record of all time. That's the second comment. Yeah, a lot of people put that. I saw that on a bunch of things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember my dad playing this record? I'm like what? I just picture, I don't, like I said, I don't know if my mom bought this album or if she, it was just would come on the radio as usual. And she probably like, you know, nodded her head to it and kind of grooved to it because our parents were still thinking that Eric Clapton was cool. Mm-hmm. But there's also that kind of modern production to this with those big dumb drums and everything. And so they thought they were A, they were nostalgic for Eric Clapton and B, thought they were also modern edgy people, but they were just lame. I don't know. It's just going back to what you were saying, like Aaron and I knew this was shitty, even though we liked other shitty songs, <laughs> you know, this, like this d- did not pass the test by any stretch. It's horrible. And I don't know if there's, I can't think of everyone that we knew. I can think of one person who might've liked this song and it's one of Damon's sisters. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the, of all the people I know that may be the only person who liked it, she'll remain think- nameless. <laughs> I think Damon would do what you just said with the was exactly the marketing profile for this whole thing. That was perfect what you said. Oh, was like, it? I feel like they said it in the room. Like they said, okay, this is going to be people that are, you know, they, they're longing for Eric Clapton and being young, but they also want to be cool and, and hip now and like a little bit older and everything you just said. 
I think is the reason this sold five million copies or whatever Aaron said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's exactly true. the reason. Catherine yeah. Accounting was was way into this song for sure. I was wondering about that, dude, because I was thinking like, what? I always try to imagine like a song that I'm going to present to the group. Like, is there a bar somewhere like? that this would be on like some gnarly, gnarly fucking roadside place in like Iowa or you know South Dakota. Would this be on? And it maybe would maybe be in like, say Fort Lauderdale or something in like an old uncle bar, you, you know? Mean now? Yeah. Even now, like on a jukebox kind of situation, like they wouldn't like the DJ wouldn't play it, but like on the jukebox and that somebody would choose it and it would be like a cath type, I suppose. Mm-hmm. She'd probably do something different than this. Like who would even think of this? This, but this, it's just so, it's so awful. This is like, it's Muzak without the soul, you know? And I don't, I'm not <laughs> trying to be clever even with that. It's like, I kind of groove on Muzak sometimes. Yeah. Did you guys ever listen to uh, This American Life on NPR? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's one segment they did. I'll, I'll make this quick. Um, and it was some music professors or somebody did a, someone involved in music who knew what they were talking about, did a survey of, I don't know couple hundred people to name their favorite things in music and their least favorite things in music. And that, that includes instruments and includes style of music. It includes style of voice. And so they took these surveys where they said, the thing we hate the most is accordion and saxophone. Flute. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> and, and then they, they made a song with just those things that people hated the most. And then they made a song that, that just was the things that people liked the most, a, a, a love ballad, you know, with, you know, nice synthesizers or whatever it was. I don't remember the exact elements of both songs, but then they pl- ended up playing both the songs and the the one that everybody hated was just so avant-garde and weird sounding because it was dissonant, but it was kind of cool just because you're like, that's fucking weird. The right. way they put that they 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 put this stew together and that's what came out. The song that everybody would quote love because of all it was all the elements that people would love, it sounds like this shit. Right. <laughs> it sounds like this shit. It is it's, this song. It's, it's this flat. Song. Yeah, right. It, what they end up with was was Eric Clapton pretending. No, it was it was it really is just like the most vapid, you know, just contrived, corporate, boring right. bullshit music. That's exactly what this is. Yeah, if you asked AI to do this though, he would say, dude, I'm a robot. I'm not a fucking asshole. Yeah. You know, he, he, he the, the robot he, would refuse you. Be like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> it's not working. I, I, it's not I, working. That's the Why moment. Not- <laughs> that's the moment where he achieves his awareness, his sentience, right? Sentience, <laughs> right? His, his like, understanding. Uh, he refuses. Yeah. Cyberdyne goes online August twenty fifth, nineteen ninety five. Tweaky self destructing in ten seconds. <laughs> beady, beady, beady. Get down. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. <laughs> when she says fun 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 like that it sounds like the, you have the paddle ball thing wasn't that the line from uh the german electronic group Kraftwerk? No, uh, Kraftwerk. barbie barbie boy barbie girl no no Kraftwerk was oh. right the fun 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 yeah autobahn uh, autobahn right yeah fun fun oh, fun they, on the autobahn is that fun, the, fun, fun, on the you autobahn. think they lifted it from there <laughs> I would be awesome if they did. If they did yeah. <laughs> I, I doubt it. I said the chord structure for that was based on unchained melody. <laughs> Are you kidding? Oh that's what they, no, that's what they said. <laughs> I think they're they're not chained to the facts. <laughs> nice. <laughs> unchained reality. I heard that the chord structure for pretending was uh, based on bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> the concept? 
No, I don't yeah, know. the whole thing. Let's <laughs> hear some more of this crap, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's a dirge, dude. I know. It's hard it to is. get through. And then that's Chaka Khan in the background, huh? Return up! Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear that. Maybe that's oh, okay. Boy. kind of like that harmony well she's mm. chaka khan she sounds yeah. great but unfortunately she has to do it on this song yeah he could have got anyone to do that why do you have to get her right. you know because I mean? like... he can yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you know how much coke is at clapton sessions come on <laughs> let's go yeah i'll try Wow, this is fucking ponderous. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it started with a 20-minute solo. Now he's after the chorus. Yeah. And it's another 20-minute solo. I was just going to say, it's just, it feels like there's not... The whole thing's just built around him kind of so, kind of soloing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, there's no, ha- the lyric, the words don't... Like, they're yeah. placeholders, or it doesn't feel like a song. That's why I'm saying it's a half-assed bar band, but, like, they're the ass in it, and he's just halfway doing it. Like, they're putting something into it. Yeah. You know, because they want to make the next date. It's almost as if he's pretending. <laughs> oh my God. You know what? You know what? It oh does. I, I get it. No, right Here, it's, here's what it is. You're right, Aaron. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's, it's a scene in a bar in a, in some movie in 1989. And they start on the band and they're doing like, they do like, you know, 10 seconds or five seconds as the camera pans over to the bar where the two main characters are having a conversation. Right, right, and that's the first five seconds or the ten seconds is oh they're in a they're in a, a bar and a band is playing establishing that's all shot. You, that's <laughs> the only information that you need. It doesn't matter really what they're doing. I will leave myself bare in front of the world by admitting to this that I have a I completely love watching and find completely relaxing and enjoyable watching early nineties crime dramas like but very specific like usually with Tommy Lee Jones like Ashley Judd is in it. Oh, the one where he's there in the army or something. The, right. Yeah. Then there's that one with Adam Scott yeah. is in it and Sam Jackson. Uh, and you know, it's just, it's a, they're beautiful. Or, or Stuff you see on a plane. Yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. And it would be, this would be the song. It's a little like two years before then, because those are the early nineties, but this would be the song where we're showing you, the director's showing us that Ashley Judd isn't uptight at all. Actually, she's got some fun in her, you know, she's not right. just. Yes. You know, and she's yeah. shooting pool, you know. That's there you go. The right. And they come to the, they, right. The cup starts there and they go over and she's shooting and she says, eight ball, corner pocket. Yeah. She, right. she fucking, she fucking cuts the six. And, you yeah, know, right. Yes. So yeah. what's up? And the guy, she just, just, she just beat. She, she like walks in front of him, takes the beer out of his hand and, and polishes it and hands it back to him. He, exactly. Like, and he just stands there with now. no expression. Like, how did she do that? <laughs> pretending. <laughs> and the, right. And pretending's in the background. Right. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, exactly, Eric. Uh, yes, and we get a little backstory about her that her mm-hmm. yeah her daddy was a pool hustler. So yeah, we learn a lot. We learn a lot yeah, right yeah. then. Yeah, because prior to that, she's been uptight. She's got to get on the case. So oh fuck, here we go. How 
uncommitted is he? Yeah, he just doesn't care. Like, I don't, I don't even know if he's doing like a throwaway cool guy thing. He just doesn't like. This is why I think that like Allison Chains was born in born in fire from the rage of listening to this fucking forged <laughs> in fire fucking, pretender, <laughs> racist fucking uncle music. You know, just fucking like, and like, and they were created. <laughs> uh, yeah, he sounds like such a dick, and fucking is. Yeah, you know, he is a dick, and he's not even into it. Like, why do you, Clapton? Why do you think we're gonna care about this song if you don't give a fuck? Right, right. And anybody who loves him, I bet you, do not look at this record with great, you know. No, they probably go, well, you know, uh, no alibis is kind of good, but they they <laughs> <laughs> better to go back to fucking Ocean Boulevard, something like that. Cream. Okay. This this song, <laughs> I mean, his his, you know, kind of like reprehensible personality aside this song makes me kind of hate everything he ever did and i like mm-hmm. some clapton stuff particularly like some cream songs and stuff but this just makes me hate everything about the guy when i hear this song yeah. it's and i'm even like trying to not even think about what a what a douchebag he is right it's just this this makes you just hate him hate his music hate the 80s you know hate cocaine well take that back <laughs> it's not Coke's fault. Coke's just there. Backpack. Coke's just there. Hey, look, use me if you want. <laughs> Don't bring Coke into this. Wait, bring Coke into this. I didn't say too here. much of this. I didn't <laughs> Coke, I didn't you you didn't hear me say shit. Right, cool. We're good. All right. Do it, Nathan East. Is this almost trying to be like a reggae chorus? It's a weird thing, huh? I don't like, know. It's, what is that? It's like a, from a di- it's like a different song. It's it's a different mood. Mm-hmm. The, the chorus isn't the same typical mood you're talking about with the other songs, Aaron. This chorus is a different mood. Yeah, but the, well, the, it's the dirgy drums that do not change that that keeps us locked solid in in mediocrity. The, yes. Mediocrity, <laughs> but like the but there is because of what I think it's because of what uh, old Nate's doing is he's putting some flavor in it. Like, I cannot bear to do these fucking quarter notes no more, dog. And so he's going to do that. <laughs> That's but that, but he's playing some melodic reggae style. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, I think so. Like, that's implying yeah. a change is, is going to come, but it doesn't. <laughs> a change the station's going to come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, but by the way, true fact, that sure as hell happened when we were kids and oh, this God. shit came on. From running from the kitchen into the living. No! <laughs> <laughs> you, you like throw the radio out the window. <laughs> it's on fire. <laughs> I'm unaware of this whole song. Okay, let's hear more of it. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know how much more I can take, but let's just go here. All right. Because in our future is a solo, and he's been soloing through the whole fucking song. You can't get through a Clapton song without some big stupid guitar solo, right? And it's gonna, and it's not like he's gonna do it over a change in the music, like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Fuck this guy. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) That's like the note that Rebecca Black hit. (laughs) 
George, this song sucks, doesn't it? It does. It's just lazy and it's just it's fucking hit. Aaron, do you happen to know like how how high in the charts? It's fucking number one? one, baby. On the this on the Billboard charts. Yeah, not the record, but the I think the song did. I think I'm to the rock charts. So like, oh, just, so did No Alibis did too. Um, like all those fucking crappy songs were fucking hits. They weren't just fucking like radio songs. They were fucking hits. You know, it's I just something occurred to me that maybe I'm glad for because we've talked about in the past about our you know our parents' taste in music and all that and. And I, I get my mom didn't have a lot of, you know, we talked about all that. And maybe she was just too, my mom was 50 when this came out. And she never would have, I, my mom might even not even know who Eric Clapton even is. <laughs> I'm not, yep. I'm serious. She may not even know. I mean, at all. If you said that name, she'd be like, I, what's, I, she wouldn't know. I mean, it's just, I never even heard this. My mom wouldn't have played this. Pretending also reached number one position on the album rock chart <sighs> and, for, and stayed there for five weeks. Album, but that's album rock. I'm, I, I thought it, you meant number one on the Billboard, like Hot 100 no, or no. It still probably made it to like 39 or something. Yeah, fucking Bad Love from the same record won a fucking Grammy, and Bad Love may be a bigger fucking dumpster fire than this song. Yeah. They're all interchangeably shitty, you know? I mean, I, I right now, when you say Bad Love, it makes me hate that more, but the second I start playing Pretending again, I'm going to hate that more. I don't even know. know what Bad Love is. Had right. enough! Love. Bad love. <laughs> I start singing it. I baited you into it. Wait, what's bad love? Uh, I feel like I have bad love in my future on this podcast. Now. It was it was a tough decision. Yeah, we're scratching the surface on Clapton. That's the <laughs> that's sad <right>. part. <laughs> I've been wondering about this one for a while, uh, but uh, I didn't want to do it too close. I couldn't help it. <laughs> All right. All right. That's enough. Fuck. I don't want to fuck it. Come on. Really? Yeah. Fuck it. N- okay. No. We've no got more. like two minutes left. That's too much. Really? <laughs> much too much. <laughs> I feel like we should hear more. <laughs> no. Well, like he's just going to keep saying pretending with Chaka Khan for a little bit and then he's going to do a I'll solo. I'll take the loss if like you need, if, if you were going to change later, like, oh man, the song does suck. You are <laughs> right. <laughs> I need to get to the sorbet. <laughs> you got it, it's Aaron's decision because he's the torturer, right? That's the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, okay, yeah. Right. I can stop it. Aaron can stop it, right? That's yeah. Aaron's decision. All right. Well, it. then, goodbye, Clapton. It's a nice <laughs> knowing goodbye. you. Ha- have a nice life. Bye, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. We've got Rebecca Black Friday. We've got Eric Clapton pretending. Now, let me think through here. She's got a lot of auto tuning. She sounds like Tweaky from from Buck Rogers, who was Mel Blank, by the way. Did you guys know that? Oh, really? I did not know that. That was, yeah, it was Mel Blank doing the Tweaky voice. <laughs> How the mighty have fallen. Beady, 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 get down. <laughs> Let's go get a drink. <laughs> I think it's when he's dancing. Maybe that's all. I, I don't. I didn't watch a lot of Buck Rogers. <laughs> Aaron Gray aside, you know. Yeah. George is at the club, of course. Yeah, it's at yeah. the club, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. She sounds like Tweaky. That song is horrible, and she can't sing. Uh, it was completely contrived, mm-hmm. and it was an internet sensation. Okay. Uh, Eric Clapton has been one of my arch enemies for <laughs> since I was knee high to a grasshopper. Arch enemy. <laughs> He's been in my ass for decades. <laughs> he crawled out of Henry Kissinger's ass and came after me. <laughs> Fucker peaked in 69. 
he's been around and successful ever since. I can't. Uh, I can't even say like like. There's not a. There's nary a real musician on on the Rebecca Black song, but there's barely a, a real musician on the Clapton song. And even the real musicians are just phoning it in. You know, they're all re- they're all the best musicians. That may be the worst thing. <laughs> right. That's what <laughs> they ended up with. They can't save it. They can't save the fucking stink that he's putting on it. They can't protect Who themselves. Who produced this record? It. Who produced this, the, the, the pretender oh, record? Fuck, I'm spacing on that here. Go on, Damon. I'll figure it out. <laughs> okay. Let's see. So then we have to default to which one did the most damage. I feel like Rebecca Black did more damage because more people just heard it just by the nature of a, of a viral video, yeah. right? Gajillions. Yeah. 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 And then, but then Clapton has been around longer doing decades of damage. Yes. <laughs> so, okay. uh, yeah. I'm, I'm really torn, you guys. These are well done, I should say. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think this is what it comes down to for me. Rebecca doesn't sound anything, she doesn't sound, as I said this many times during the segment, I, she doesn't sound any different from Miley Cyrus or anything. So the fact that everyone piled on her for a song that just sounds as shitty as all the other pop, kind of like, meh, I, I just would turn that off anytime and hers is particularly stupid and I could see why she was annoying people. Um, but Clapton just kind of was like, it, it makes me like shake, my, it makes my hand shake when I listen to it. Because I just remember- yeah, it's just I, I hated that song then. I hate it even more now. I hate Clapton now. I hate everything about it. Rebecca's just kind of like, oh, it's it's the girl who wanted to be like Britney Spears and she failed. This is this Clapton has just been like like a what's the opposite of a national treasure? A uh, 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 national nightmare. He, <laughs> yeah. he, he has bizarre anti charisma. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about slumming it. The producer fucking was like Randy Newman's guy. Uh, so like he had a he was a had a beautiful track record and then fucking stepped in it. He did Trouble in Paradise, Born Again, Little Criminals, Good Old Boys, and Sail Away for Randy, dude. Did some great, did some great James Taylor records, did a George Harrison record, Rufus and Chaka, Christine McVie. Well, now we know. So the producer Oof. called and she had to come. He did Back in the High Life. You, go. you didn't have to produce that. that there, there's no production flair to that at all. It, you know, it was just fucking horrible cookie cutter garbage. Mm-hmm. So what do you say? I say that uh, Eric Clapton wins. Uh, congratulations. <laughs> Here we go. The winner takes it all. Crap, 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 Biddy, 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 God damn it. Not only did I not win this week, which was surprising all of our fans and, and a nation is in mourning now, <laughs> but I lost twice because of those two songs. Yeah. So th- I appreciate that, fellas. You're welcome. Oh. And uh, let's see. I, I think it's time that we step into uh, the a nice, peaceful zone. Yeah, please. Get in the zone. Oh. Auto zone. <laughs> Clapton totally could have done one of those. <laughs> 
auto parts ads. Take it to the limit. <laughs> What's that one? <laughs> sports chalet. Hey. <laughs> no, no, because sports chalet guy gives a shit. He's Nailing letting her it. rip. Yeah, yeah, he's letting her rip. Do you guys remember? Like, no one seems to remember this except me. Do you remember the 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 Budweiser? It was Bud Light, maybe I don't remember, but it was Real American Genius or, sure. or, or Real Man of Genius. Remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you remember the original line for that? No, because what well, I think nine eleven happened and they had to change the whole campaign. It was Real American Heroes. Real American Heroes. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. 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 So, and then they, and then I guess you know people would get offended if if you're saying that like these these dummies who drank Bud Light were real American heroes, and they changed it, and no no one seems to remember that because real men of genius just be, it became as ubiquitous. Georgie knows he was he wasn't at the clubs anymore. He caught on to that commercial cycle. I yeah. must have. I must. Yeah. What year was that? <laughs> End of my club times. <laughs> <laughs> you put away childish things. <laughs> All right, here we go. Sorbet. Mental douche. <laughs> she really says it with heaviness. Douche. Thank you, Majel, for that. We we certainly do. Yeah. Need a sorbet. So, I would like to take you boys back to a little year that we call 2013. I had my document oh. open and... Now it's gone. It's probably Eric Clapton confusing you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally disoriented. Great. All right. So 2013. And this is a song I'm going to be pretty sure you've never heard before. But it, the thing I like about this song is, okay, it's 10 years old now, but still. In the modern era, people are still writing melodies like this and still putting together arrangements like this. Okay. I will uh, tell you a little bit about the people involved and uh the scene they came from and some other little anecdotes it's a it's a relatively short song and uh here we go let's get it going So far, I just sent you guys the lyrics, by the way. Yeah. This is a little duo, a one-off they did, and that was the girl singing his name, Binky Shapiro, <laughs> and uh, we're about to hear her bandmate for this project, Mr. Adam Green, who you guys may have heard of. Uh, yeah, if you guys remember the the Moldy Peaches, they did that song. Yeah, they did that song. They're from like the New York anti-folk scene, it was called. And they did that song from the Juno soundtrack called Anything Else But You. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't see what anyone can see in anyone else but yep. you. Yeah. So anyway, that's he's from that kind of little folky scene that, that Moldy Peaches was a different band. And so now he just teamed up with this girl uh, singer, Binky Shapiro. She's like 26. Adam Green at this point is like 30 or something. And I don't know. This is, to me, very sophisticated 60s style folk. Yeah. It's very lovely picking very pretty beautiful melody the, the yeah. guitar playing is fantastic uh and then once the chorus kicks in adam comes in and they and the, they start duetting it's really really nice here we go I also like the bittersweet lyrics, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if you'd call it a breakup song. It's more like, to me, it might take away from it. I could be totally off, but you know, the hesitation to get into a new relationship. Like, I don't want to fuck this one up the way I did the last one. Right. But it might be a fake complete, you know, like, like it's just a reliable thing that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. It will run the course because that's what people do. It's, it's what makes the, the come up so beautiful, you know, and like, that's the juice <laughs> and it's a necessity, but like, you always wonder, like, I'm not going to really do it this time. Am I, I know too much now. Whoops. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, it reminds me of, I was just recently watching a demo, like it was, it was Carol King's demo of Pleasant Valley Sunday. Mm. And so the production's kind of already kind of there. But it's her doing it, and you just go like, "God damn it!" Like, what a bizarre sort of turns of phrase it is, and da 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 da. It's 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 uplifting, but it's also very sort of sounds like a sad Sunday afternoon more than anything else. Uh, and there's something hitting me that way about this, where there's a melancholy and a very pleasant, a very pleasant melancholy. But it sounds it's reminding me of people like Carol King when she was doing stuff like that. You know, singer-songwriter stuff as opposed to like pop songs. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's really something that's really, really striking. And like, I, I wish, I wish that I had any ability to do stuff like that. I was thinking about that recently. It's like I'm so envious of people who can do what these people are doing right now. <laughs> to yeah. think in this space, you know. And Damon, your head works like this, in 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 really interesting ways. And you've done stuff that reminds me of this. And it's very great. And it's re- there's a restraint that's happening there that is tough and almost impossible for me to do and i'm so impressed when people do it well and these people are just like fucking stratospheric awesome yeah like you're sort of describing a vulnerability yeah i think so like i don't know that i can completely drop some kind of jivey attitude kind of thing into anything i ever do and it's probably because typically i do it or you know in the last handful of years been doing it where it's in the room i'm by myself even if i write the song with georgie I, I'm, i'm doing it by myself so he's not here to say, maybe just be more like yourself here. <laughs> don't do <laughs> don't do an act, you know. It's very hard for me. Um, and I wonder if other songwriters feel the same way, but like it's, it certainly is for me. And like this is so lovely and I and I love it. I really, really like it. Cool. The song is called Here I Am, in case I didn't say that before. And I'll tell you a little bit more about the album and stuff, but let's hit the verse two, shall we? Yeah. Taking you from the back of my mind. Keep you with me always all the time 
They wrote this song together, by the way. The whole album they wrote together. Uh, just FYI. That's uh, Adam playing the guitar and obviously singing. Uh, it's very one of those kind of credits where it's nebulous who played what. They just kind of said she played some synthesizer on the album. So she could be playing this. I don't know. But uh, then yeah. there's a, a couple other people playing bass and drums and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, that's I just think the guitar playing is especially is very charming. It is. Good word for it, too. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, so he's got the he's got that capo way the fuck up north of Seventh Street feels like <laughs> <laughs> yeah it is yeah. high up there yeah oofa here we go chorus He's never listened to Leonard Cohen. <laughs> I was about to say, it's sort of throwing me because it sounds, compared to her voice, it sounds like this is uh, her father talking to her now, rather than a lover. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is fine and and has a sweetness too. I just was, wasn't prepared for the for that voice. But you're right. It's, <laughs> it's a Leonard me Cohen either. thing. It's a Lenny, Lenny C. Yeah. He's, oh. he's got that deadpan kind of voice. He writes- right killer melodies and stuff but mm -hmm. you wouldn't call him like a effusive singer <laughs> by any stretch <laughs> but uh, i i think it's a pleasant combination of their two voices yeah for sure. yeah yeah chorus is great yeah. yeah all right uh yeah so we're heading towards the end here because i think they just hit the chorus one more time and i'll i'll tell you a few more little little nuggets after that let's hear it Awesome. <laughs> Fuck, it was bothering me the entire time, dude. There's, it, it's touching me uh, the way that, um, do you ever hear the Buckingham Knicks album? I have, yes. God, there's so many great Before things. Before they on were it. in Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, yeah, right? that, yeah, the one they made yeah. uh, that led yeah. them to that opportunity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, there's some songs on that that really sound like that. And, and it would be, you know, it would be great to hear them in that space. Um, but that kind of, you know, certainly with Lindsay involved, you can get that picky sound. Mm, right and it's very sophisticated those turnarounds are really something um that all of that yeah so great i really love it i think that it was affecting me immediately because i was like oh gee i i wonder if it was because of that could be 
It's a really cool sound, man. I really like that. And right. they the, the act was called or is they, called, they were just what? called uh Binky Shapiro and Adam Green, I think. They I guess when you name it, when you have Binky in your name, you yeah. know, what are you going to call it? You got a band name? You got to keep yeah. it. Yeah. 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 It's fucking Binky, dude. Binky Shaps. <laughs> Her sister also performed. She's called Wooby. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> but uh, so I, if if anyone's curious, they did the song on, on uh, Morning Becomes Eclectic, the KCRW show, and there's a live video of it on youtube sounds that good they do it that good live the band sounds great they sound great fyi so they were the real deal i guess is my point is he doing the guitar part yeah he's in fact he's doing all the finger picking because it sounds like if you listen to the song in the headphones there's a guitar on each side so i don't Mm -hmm. know if adam overdubbed himself twice but live he's just playing one obviously and it sounds just as good you know Mm mm-hmm uh, so that's, yeah, that whole album, I mean, just go buy it. Cause there's, I, I could have picked six songs to play for you guys from that album. It's that good. And, um, little personal story about someone involved in that album. Noah Georgeson was the producer. And when I first got this album, it just blew me away with how, of course I love a retro 60 sound. And that's, that's really what they were going for. Or at least that's what it sounds like to my ear. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. so blown away by his production. I found his people. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I was, I was gonna re- at that point when I was still releasing my own original music. I was just like a lot of people saying, "Fuck it, I'm just gonna put out singles. I'm not gonna do a whole fucking album because it's too expensive and it takes too long." But it's fun to just put out a single. Mm-hmm. And I had this this yeah. one song that I really had earmarked for a, what I hoped would be a '60s arrangement. And I sent a demo to his manager or somebody, and uh, of course they said, "Yeah, he'd love to work with with you." Uh, that's, and I think he says it'll be like five grand to produce one mm-hmm. song, and I just went. <laughs> Dude, I'm not with a fucking label. Give me a break over here, you know? Mm-hmm. Should have called Rebecca Black's mom. <laughs> <laughs> She's got it like that, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Noah also wanted to rap over the over my song as well. <laughs> <laughs> and talk about Rebecca Black, which is fucking real weird. <laughs> really? You're not from Orange <laughs> County. <laughs> Damn it, just keep saying fun. I didn't this I'm going for a different I don't this isn't fun I know what you mean. But. The song's about mourning, like <laughs> sadness. Suffice it to say, I did not end up working with Noah Georgeson, even though I'm a big still a big admirer of his work. And he's got a long track rec- record of working with cool people on cool projects. But I did finish the song by myself, and uh I actually have toyed with the idea of doing that as my uh uh, what do we call it? The we wrote some songs bit. Yeah, wrote you the, have to now. I think I have wrote to the songs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah. maybe you guys can enjoy that next time because um, it'll just be a nice little connection to this to this song. But uh, by the, I'm not saying that my production was better, cheaper. <laughs> it was five thousand dollars less. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there you go, guys. That was a "Here I Am" by Binky Shapiro and Adam Green from their self-titled out 2013 album and and. Go download it. What the hell? I'm blown away. It's from 2013. That's really, you said this. I did not expect, I didn't know what to expect. It's 2013. I thought, huh, what's he going to play? I mean, it's, it's, it's really incredible. Like you said, that somebody was doing this two years after Rebecca Black and the same year accidental racist came <laughs> That someone was doing this, which is no matter what you think or if you like this or not, it's far better than both of those. Yeah. Well, Damon, how long have they yeah. been doing the, um, sensitive ukulele subaru commercial you know they've been doing that kind of vibe for like the entire 2000s yeah yeah and it's even like you know downy 
paper towels or something. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And really anything. Oh, yeah. so it's like some father is like, you know, and then the, the conceit is that like a little girl goes in and plays with the dryer sheets. And then the middle commercial, it's a older girl with the dryer sheets. And then it's a yeah. graduate and then it's, uh, she's getting married and it's the same dryer sheets. And he's crying with using his tear, wipe up his tears. Well, with the dryer sheets. Exactly. <laughs> At least my shirt is soft. It's like in uh, what do you call it? In, uh, in analyze this where, uh, the De Niro starts crying over an insurance commercial. Sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm going to say you're right. It's, it sounds like, that moldy peaches song, um, anyone else but you was just an acoustic guitar, but it had that sort of swingy little, pretty little vibe. And then I don't yeah. know where the ukulele came from. Maybe that guy is who did that, that Hawaiian guy who died. Right. And he did, uh, oh. uh, you know, over the rainbow. Was that it? Right. Yeah. 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 And so that was yeah. obviously Hawaiian music. So there was ukulele. So I don't know, maybe it was some sort of like flashpoint where all the, all that stuff came together and, and people just want to hear swingy little ukulele songs that sound acoustic, you know? Right. So you're right. I, th- I would say around the year 2000, you know? I found it odd yeah. speaking of that the other day as we fade out into the end of episode 51, but there was a period of time like last year, I think that Chili's Chili's was using "Start Me Up," uh, and, and like, Chili. What's Chili's? that? Chili's, the restaurant. Don't oh, tell Chili's. me you're at the club. Okay, yeah. that you don't know Chili's. <laughs> no, no, I know Chili's. I thought you said Jilly. I didn't. You were laughing. Chili's, I couldn't understand what you're saying. Yeah. Chili's. Chili's. Okay. Yeah. And like in the line, the part of the song "Dead Man Come" was in the commercial. Oh no way. They did not do it. No, I've seen that. You're right. I couldn't believe it either. Like, oh, look at the hot wings. They'll make a dead man come. And like, right. You're like, what? <laughs> oh, my like, God. Right. I know. You're right. Yes. I, I remember seeing that. Freaking yeah. me out. It freaked me out. I remember seeing like during football or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just said come on the fucking Talk about a secret sauce, huh? <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> oh, Lord. All right. Well, good sorbet. I feel a lot better. Thank you, yeah, Damon. It was very it was, nice. Like, very, was very nice. Very nice. It was literally a palate clear. It did clear my palate, and I can't taste or smell now. But still, it my palate, my mental palate. Yeah, it's great. I'm gonna I'll buy that record tonight. Yeah, great. and let me know what you think about the other songs too, because I I'm gonna I'm gonna promise you're gonna I don't know. And by the way, they're all like two and a half minutes, just like great sixty yeah. songs, right? Right, right. So enjoy that, and uh, enjoy this episode of Ear and Loathing, episode number fifty one. I'm enjoying it. George's enjoy it. I'm pretty sure Aaron's enjoying it. I'm soaking in it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I guess we'll, the number one rockers forever will you continue to be that until the next time we get together. This is the Gitmo Bros signing off. Say goodbye, boys. Bye. Goodbye, storage closet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Goodbye, storage closet. <laughs> now I'm wiping tears away with a dryer sheet. Oh, man. Ear and loathing. There's my cruel and inhumane story of the day. Thank you. Mom! Take it easy. Lower it. I'm not going to lower it. I have to do this now. I don't mind you playing it, but lower it. Tune in next time for more Ear and Loathing. End transmission. Goodbye.